So, after many trials and errors for about half an hour, we did not get the audio working the way we wanted it to, so we're going to do this off of an iPhone. Hooray. <laughs> He's been a buddy of mine for, what, six years now? About that. Uh, I met him while working at the first call center. I still remember that first day when I walked in and apologized that he had to sit next to me. I thought that was the absolute most hilarious thing in the world. And then we started playing games, and he taught me the wonders of board and card games and taught me about Cards Against Humanity. Um, so I, I guess kind of the first thing that I wanted to ask and, and jump into this interview was, what got you into board and card games? I've been playing them basically since as long as I can remember. Um... I think one of my babysitters introduced them to me at probably like six or seven years old, somewhere around there. What, do you remember your first game that you really got into? Probably D&D, honestly. That's actually a really wonderful segue because I had a bunch of D&D questions. Um, I know you're not the biggest fan of actually DMing, but what do, you, what do you find to be a little bit more fun? DMing and building the worlds or actually playing? It all depends on the people you're playing with. Um, it, it, it can go either way. For me, I'd usually rather play, but if you have the right group, then it doesn't really matter and you're going to have a good time regardless. What's your favorite character to run? Usually magic users of some sort, typically wizards. Really? Because when you were playing with me, you ran the, uh, the drow, was it? Yeah, the, the drow assassin, was it a sorcerer? I don't even remember. Which, by the way, screw you, because that was a uh, we, uh, little background here. We were, they were having a fight, and it was kind of funny, because I don't know if you weren't feeling that well that day, but you said, ah, forget it, and then you smited and just dealt like 100 damage. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, was, I think I was a paladin of something or other. Yeah, that, that was pretty awesome. Or no, I was a warlock, that's right. Oh, yeah, the warlock. Yeah. What, um, what... Did your babysitters actually, like, get you into D&D, or... Oh. Yeah. Did you have a crush on your babysitters? No. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I had crushes on all of mine. They were all the, the beautiful cheerleaders next door. What, um... Besides magic users, is there any anything else that you really like to run with D&D? Usually, just something interesting. I mean, I'd rather not just, like, do the same thing over and over, just, like, swing a sword... Uh, 5th edition has done a good job of making the fighting classes not just that, though, and giving them stuff to do outside of just, like, one action in combat. When it comes to the whole, uh, the whole Adventurers League, are you more in line with, you know, the, the strict rule book, or are you kind of cool with a lot of the homebrews? I usually lean towards the homebrew stuff. Anything in particular that you like about doing homebrews that are better than the Adventurers League? I mean, I haven't done any Adventurers League stuff. Um, I did do Living Greyhawk back when 3rd and 3.5, 3rd edition and 3.5 were a thing. And they're fine. It's nice to be able to bring a character through progression from like DM to DM. But they're so stuck in the specific rules and various things and you don't really have a lot of room to think outside the box that... I, it, it takes away a little of the risk factor from having, like, horrible DMs, but it also takes away the potential upside of having a really good one a little bit. In, in, in your eyes, what's a good DM? Uh, they have to be able to sort of roll with changes and not have a incredibly strict outlook on how things 
turnout. So if the players do something off the wall, they need to be able to adapt to it. Um, that That's the main thing, really. Uh, usually having a plan but not being stuck to it, basically. Okay. Um, when, it, when it comes to any characters, do you specifically hate any... Um what we uh, stereotypical people that play, or is it kind of let and live live? Usually let li- live and let live. Okay. Um, I, I know that you play a lot of computer games. Sometimes uh, we we every once in a while we play a, a couple of World of Warships. How have you been doing on that? Haven't been playing it that much lately. I've my uh, free time has kind of been taken up with other things lately. Dope. I know I sent you, did, uh, did the stuff that I sent you work out, or are we not I haven't sure? had a chance to try it yet. <laughs> hey, bud, let's not do that. That's the sun, Connor, and we apologize about that. He gets a little excited on things. Um, golf it. Have you tried that at all since we've last played? Yeah, once or twice. Gotten any better at it? Not really. <laughs> we, uh, we played a little while ago, and he absolutely despised the game. It's, it's really, it is a ridiculously hard game if you don't, if you haven't tried it lately. You know, I uh, Sentinels of Multiverse is a game that you, you gifted me when I first got Steam and when I first got my PC, and I do want to thank you for it, but I still cannot beat the... Um, is the intro supposed to be something that you're supposed to beat, or are you supposed to die in it? Neither. I, it's not supposed to be particularly hard, but it's not supposed to be like... <laughs> I, I, it, it's fairly straightforward. Yeah, because I, I remember I, I booted, you, you sent it to me, I stayed up a little bit later that night, and I, I booted up, and I was trying to beat it, and they're like, okay, here you go, you're on your own. I was like, okay, so I tried to play it, and I just, I, I think I got decimated in like two or three turns, so that was that was fantastic, uh-huh. and I, I I tried it a couple other times. Um, Stardew Valley is, is another game that I know that we've played together. Is there anything in particular that you, holy banana sandwich bud, let's not do that. Um, Stardew Valley is, it, it's kind of like Minecraft, but a little bit more 3D, um, or, uh, third person. Why do you like Stardew Valley? Yeah, I, I, I like that element of it, the, just sort of crafting, building up skills, uh, it's got a little bit of social interaction there also, which I like, which I, I, I haven't actually played Minecraft, I'm, from my knowledge of it, it doesn't really have the social aspect at all. It can have social aspects if you're actually playing in a um, if you're playing on a server, but the the problem is getting the server together and, and getting the people to be on the server to interact with it. But no, you can't go up to villagers and have conversations and stuff like that. It's it's more of grunts and stuff like that. Yeah, which I, I like the like fleshed out world and all that quite a bit. So not not big on sandboxes. I. I like sandboxes too. I mean, I feel like it's quite a bit of a sandbox also. I just like there to be something behind it. Okay. Yeah, it's it's not not just open ended do whatever you want kind of thing. I mean, it is to a degree, but it's there's more to do, I feel like. Like you can kind of I mean, there it, yeah, it's more limited probably on what you can craft, but there's still quite a bit there and there's other things you can do besides just crafting. Yeah. You you've always kind of said that you um, just recently you told me that you you prefer doing third person instead of first person shooters. Is there anything about a first person shooter that just doesn't spark your giggles? I'm bad at them. Is it just <laughs> that you're bad at them? I mean, I I don't know. I 
I've played a few. I've enjoyed a few. I, I've... Let's see. Battlefield 1942 I had a fun with when it came out. Excellent game, by the way. Um, the first Team Fort- Half-Life Team Fortress I had some fun with. Um, beyond that, I, I've played with them here and there. I'm not very good at them. It really comes down to... I think those are games that I've mostly done in LAN parties, and that's really the only way I like to do first-person shooters when you're around the people you're playing with for the most part. So, like, when you were saying LAN parties, was it you against all the AI, or, or were you actually playing against all the other people in the LAN? I, a little of both. Like, when I played uh, Team Fortress, I played with, like, 20 people in a room playing against, like, 20 other people. I don't know, presumably not in the same room, but... I, I remember going to a lock-in party for New Year's one time when I was, like, 17, and we did a giant LAN because there was, like, 15, 20 computers... And those were those were fun. I miss those days. Yeah, me too. Those, those were some of my best computer playing experience, computer game playing experiences. As far as, like, other than st- strategy games. So speaking of strategy games, um, when I know a lot of the the board and card games that we play actually deal in strategy, which, as you know, I suck horribly at. Um, it, yeah, there, there's there's a nice story behind that, but. Uh, why why is strategy something that you enjoy rather than just the unfettered violence that I do? I like being able to think through uh, solutions to problems. Um, I feel like it's less down to just being able to like react quickly to stuff and more planning, insight, breaking down a system and finding the best solution to it. Out of out of the uh, the couple of games that you do have, uh, like share. Okay, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to chill, bud. I'm gonna throw something at you. Um, when it comes to the, a lot of the strategy games that you do play, what are some of your more favorite ones to play? PC, um, or, or computer. Just board, uh, oh, PC board games, whatever. Top five. Um, the Civilization series for PC, uh, which of which my favorites. Still isn't an actual civilization game. It's Alpha Centauri, which came out in 99, I want to say, 98. Wow. Um, and holds up remarkably well, but probably not to people who don't have nostalgia for it. Let's see. That's that's the big one for computer games. I liked the original StarCraft. Didn't really care for the second one that much. Um... And Warcraft 1 and 2, 3 kind of lost me a bit. Let's see. I played a smattering of other ones for the computer to also, like the Command and Conquer games I toyed with a little bit, that sort of thing, but never got as into. As far as board games, uh, pretty much any of them. I mean... What's that... that uh, that one deck-building game that I was really, really bad at that we played in the store... Um, I think it was like Star Wars or was it Marvel or something like that or was it Legendary Marvel Legendary? I don't think that was the I don't think that's one you're thinking of, but no. but I remember there was like that deck building one where it was like characters that you had to build, and it was it was set it was it was a fun game to actually build the deck, but it was very difficult because I didn't know what I was doing when it came to strategy. Um, some of the other games that I I do enjoy playing with you are like Sheriff of Nottingham, Coup, Resistance. Sushi Go. I actually yeah. played with my parents a little while ago. Uh, That's they a were, good family one. Yeah. They were a little tipsy when they were learning, so that, that, that kind of made things fun. Um, 
I also remember one of the very first games that you taught me was Love Letter, mm. and I, I thought that game was pretty cool. Yeah, I really like that. For for such a small game, one that you can basically carry around in your pocket, it, it's got a lot a lot to it, mm-hmm. all things considered. Do you, uh, well, we, we might as well talk about it because I just mentioned Resistance. Do you want to tell the story of how I dramatically lost? I... <laughs> so, if it, if you don't know what Resistance is, I, I guess I'll just tell it. Uh, basically, it's a game of deception. You you have the good guys and then the bad guys, depending upon who you are, is good or bad. And um, you go on these missions, and then you can either fail or pass the missions. Well, I was on the bad team. Uh, it was just me and somebody else. And I had convinced everybody but Alex that I was on the good team. And so they chose me for the final mission, and it was a pass or fail. And if it passed, the good guys won, which was not my team. If it failed, the bad guys won, which means uh, me and Redbeard won. And I had it in the bag. I had them convinced all I had to do was throw a fail. But I had forgotten which card was which, so I just threw one out there very confidently. And it turned out to be a pass, and everything passed, and we lost the game. And I had convinced everybody that, <laughs> that I was part of the good team. And that was absolutely ridiculous. I... I I still that if you had played the right card, you would have won. <laughs> yeah, that's... oh my god, I, I still I still remember the the eruption of hooray, and I was like, oh bananas, no. <laughs> was... uh, I I do I do remember some people literally rolling on the floor, that, uh, which I haven't seen before or since. <sighs> that's why we don't play that game anymore. <laughs> because I... <laughs> well, I mean, we've kind of moved on to Secret Hitler from that a little bit too. To to be fair. Secret Hitler is much more fleshed out. I, I like how, how smooth the game goes. That's got a little more chance to it also, which is kind of a nice element in that. I, I normally don't like a lot of chance in games, but I do like it in Secret Hitler. The, the chance aspect is nice. I like how it's a little bit more complicated to win, though, because Hitler has to be elected. It, it seems to happen very rarely. Yeah, he, he has to be elected or um, the sixth fascist policy has to get passed. Which is even less common. And it, it, it's very hard, but the, the game overall is quite fun to try to be the fascists. They are always fun and interesting. Um, another, another card game that I really enjoy with you is Werewolf. Except every time I'm the werewolf, it's almost like everybody knows instinctively that I am. Do, do I have like a tell or something? I don't think you have a tell. I think people just like picking on you. And fairly frequently when you're not the werewolf, people call, call you the werewolf too. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, uh, we were playing outside one day for my birthday. And I, I remember that I was being, the, as my mom calls it, the storyteller or the game master. And I was handing out of the cards. And all of a sudden, I think it was you that actually was going to be like, hey, yeah, I'll take over for a little bit. Dealt me the werewolf. I was like, sweet. I'm the werewolf. This is game one. We're going to be in it. And I think it was Patrick that I actually pointed out and was like, hey, you're the werewolf. And then everybody agreed with him. And then I, I got lynched round one. Didn't, yeah. didn't even take that long. I have some absolute, absolute bad luck on everything. <laughs> Especially gaming with you. Except for that one time in Sheriff of Nottingham when I called you on your nonsense and you had to pay me massive gold. <laughs> I mean, you would just like calling people on, on that, particularly me on that, regardless of any other elements of the game whatsoever. So. He was so mad, everyone. It was, it was, it was awesome. And, I'm sorry to pick on you, but I, I thought it was absolutely ridiculous because I, I knew you were getting away with something and I was just waiting for you to, 
to to flesh it out and try to try to score big with it. So, I still I still apologize about that. I am sorry. Uh, when it comes to movies and everything else like that, I I know that you and the wife are real big Disney fans. Is um, I'm kind of curious. Like, did she get you into it, or was it kind of a mutual? I mean, I've grown up watching Disney movies. I I still remember. Like, seeing, like, Mulan in the theater, or Lion King, or Aladdin, all those 90s Disney movies. So, I wasn't necessarily, like, really into them, but I, I, I enjoyed them, I watched them. Is it something that you would say Jen is a far bigger fan, or? I'd say she's a bigger fan, I don't know. I mean, she's definitely got more background with, like, the back catalog, like, the stuff that came out before I was alive, even. Okay. Um... When it comes to the the Disney cruises that you guys have gone on, is she the one picking the cruises, or is it kind of a mutual, hey, this looks like it's really fun? Yeah, that's mutual. I mean, we try and pick stuff that we haven't done before, typically, places we haven't been. Is there anything about the Disney cruises that make it better than just, say, a regular cruise like when you went to Alaska? Mm. I mean, well, we haven't been on a non-Disney cruise. Oh, okay. So I can't say for sure, but, I mean, the main appeal of, the non-Disney cruises from everything, all the research I've done is either all things that you can do on a Disney cruise, like food or various other things like that, or the casinos, which I have no desire to be anywhere near a casino, or drinking, which I don't care for much either. So I figure if I have a choice between going in a big floating casino or going on a Disney cruise, I'll do the Disney cruise. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, that's kind of why I like you guys. Um, we don't, uh, you know, the typical people around here are all about drinking and, and losing their minds and stuff like that and getting plastered. I know a lot of the people uh, at the work that we used to do together would be like, hey, it's Friday now, let's go get smashed. And I'm just like, yeah, I want to go play computer games or something like that at the house. Yeah. Um, I've never been on a, a cruise. For anyone who hasn't gone on a, on a cruise, is there anything that makes the Disney cruises really special? I mean... They always have stuff to do and pretty much stuff to appeal to anyone in particular. Uh, like trivia is one of the things that, that we do fairly often, uh, the trivia nights. Or they've got like drawing classes, which I, I absolutely cannot draw, but I still had a fun time doing that. Even though I usually don't like it just because of how bad I am at it. They kind of lay it all out for you, though, make it a lot easier. So what I do actually kind of looked... Almost like something, rather than <laughs> just being completely scribbles. With, with the Disney cruises, are there a lot of Disney characters, like, on board? Yeah. That kind of walk around and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. So, so it is a lot like Disney. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. There's there's definitely a Disney presence. You don't... Like, they're not going to be intrusive, but if you want it, it's there. Um, they also... One misconception I've seen is that they're going to be, like, kids running around everywhere out of control. They actually have, like, an entire deck that's just for kids, basically. Really? So... Whereas other cruise lines have very few kid activities, so any kids that are there are just going to be mixed in with everything else. On a Disney Cruise, they're pretty contained and entertained, so they're actually not that bad. So you have, like, the kid zone, and then everything else is, like, adult land. Not adult-specific, but there are a couple areas that are, but everything else is blended for the most part, but the kids are usually just in that one area because that's designed specifically for them. And there are some adult-specific areas, too, if you want to avoid the kids. It's not that... Not that uh, obtrusive, really. So it's, it's been pretty successful for us. All right. Um, one of the things that uh, you mentioned earlier is that you liked Mulan and everything else like that. 
Um, what's your What's your take on the the whole Mulan controversy with the remake, where they're ed- heavily editing it from what it was? They're not including Mushu and everything and everybody else like that. If they're going to insist on remaking all these movie classic Disney movies, I'd rather they do something new, and change a lot of stuff rather than just doing a carbon copy of the original. I mean, to be honest, like, like The Lion King, I didn't see the new one, but it's basically the exact same thing, but with one or two new songs, so they can put it up for, like, an Oscar for original song. And with, uh, with that, I know the writers of the original Lion King didn't get any money from it, even though it's the exact same story, so they got screwed out of however many billions or, well, millions of dollars, that kind of thing. And you got to be kidding me. Nope. That, so it, all the people who made the original got no recognition for the literal exact copy of the new one. I mean, probably people who wrote the songs got a little bit, but... But they brought back James Earl Jones to be Mufasa. Yeah. You, oh, that's... I mean, which is fair. No one else can do it, really, but... Who, who else is going to be able to do that, though? Yeah. That, that booming, uh, mythical voice that he's got. I, I'm... I'm partial to, I grew up on the, the cartoon, I liked the cartoon, Mushu was like a big part of it, him and the cricket. Yeah. Like, if you're going to redo it, cool, make it live action, but yeah, you made it in the 90s. We were way less PC back in the 90s, um, you know, but it was, a uni- it was universally loved, it was a universally enjoyed thing. If you're going to remake it into something new... The technology we have the technology to make CGI look amazing. I mean, yeah. look at Marvel. Look at what they can do with their CGI. Everything looks amazing. They can still be a little hit or miss sometimes if they rush through stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. for I would say ninety five percent of the time it's looks pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, like if I had TV, I would because uh, I've heard a lot of you. You told me about the Lion King, the live action remake. <laughs> air quotes there. Yeah. Um. I. I mean, it looks it looks really good and fleshed out. It's just that. If I'm going to watch a remake of something and I like the original story, don't tell me a new story. Mm. If you're going to call it The Lion King 1.2 or 1.0, okay, I get it. It's going to be something different. I'll maybe I'll maybe take that up. If you're like, "Hey, we're making a live action remake." Dope, let's do it. You know, let's watch let's watch the original story updated and everything else like that. Yeah, I and I'm whoop. Hey, bud. Somebody got a little attack. Uh, for those of you listening and probably heard the flaps, the son Conyer decided that he wanted to attack it. Uh, Skeller here, um, which he is known for. It's uh, taken him all of an hour and a half to finally get the balls up to do it. So that's a. <laughs> I guess we're what two for two on attack mode now. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> this time he didn't bite my ear. At least <laughs> you ducked out of the way pretty quick there, bud. <laughs> I uh, I've been expecting it this whole time. He's he's been watching like a hawk. He's been a dirty little. Near to the rat, rat scoundrel. But okay, going uh, Disney, Marvel. Um, I, I know that we've had this conversation many times, but I just think it's something always fun to talk about. What is your least favorite um, phase one? Or not, not phase one. Um, you know what Infinity I'm Saga? Yeah. What okay. is your least favorite Infinity Saga movie? Oh, man, that's... I go back and forth a bit. Probably either Incredible Hulk or Iron Man 3. Okay, I can completely agree with you on Incredible Hulk. I think I've seen it once, and I just thought it was the, the CGI was poor. But why Iron Man 3? I mean, it was a decent storyline. I don't like the twist. The, twi- the, uh, the twist that the Mandarin is actually 
a construct of some company and as an actor and all that. It it doesn't really work very well for me. And then the end it devolves into this horribly bad CG of of guys who have like internal fire like <laughs> fire and they they're bland villains. They're the same villains that Iron Man has fought the whole time. And they just could have made the Mandarin into an interesting threat and didn't. Aren't they, though? Aren't they, like, doing the Mandarin? Maybe. Yeah. I, he, he's theoretically going to be the villain in uh, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Which is coming out, I think, next year, I want to say. Yeah. The, uh, I thought the twist was hilarious. It's I, funny, but funny for me in Marvel movies, like, I, I like some humor, but I don't want the movie to be 95% humor. That's why I don't like Thor Ragnarok as much as most people, too. Thor Ragnarok seems to kind of almost drag on a little bit for me. I, I mean, I, I give the movie a thumbs up. I like the battle. I like how Hulk bossed out. I like Valkyrie. She is amazing in that movie. But I I think that the... It has some amazing moments. I'll yeah, give it that. But it, it, it does kind of... Yeah, little buddy, you stay right there. Don't even try it yeah. again. Anytime any too. amount of like tension or like a cool moment or anything's built up, and they, they have to undercut it with humor. Yeah, every single time. And I'm okay with them doing that 80% of the time. But 100% is too much for me. I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of the the massive humor that, it, that is in there too. It makes it. It makes it funny though. But you are right. It, it ever, as, as you build up, it it you, you don't get those moments that you want. Um, like when Hulk or uh, Banner at that point jumps off the ship and then just nope, bounces just off yelling. the uh, bounces off the bridge. Yeah, that's funny. But they've already done that same bit probably 20 times by then. So it just kind of stops working for me. I mean, it's it's because it, what's really interesting is that in Infinity War, he gets his um, he gets he gets thrown around by Thor or not Thor. Uh, I can't think of it, uh, the purple dude, Thanos. Thank you, Thanos. Um, he gets thrown around by Thanos, and and it starts to have that internal struggle between who's Banner and who's Hulk. And I thought that was really cool because it kind of showed a start to it where Hulk was really starting to rebel. And I can kind of see why they did it, but I know they did it for the last and so, solely just for the last. Bud, bud. I can't edit this stuff. Knock it off. <laughs> but um, I, I think it, show, it, it shows good, but you are right. I, I, I like it when they take a more serious tone, like how in Endgame, it, like even though Rocket Raccoon was kind of a little undercutty, it did, it, it flowed very well. Yeah. And there are still moments where it's building to something and you don't have someone make a joke. Uh, like, with uh, basically anything with Captain America for the last half of the movie. You get, and I mean the last half of the movie in general, you get some really awesome epic moments and you don't have people just poking fun at everything. When it came to um, one of the film theories, would you have liked it if Stan Lee would have been on the bench as Captain, as old Cap? What would your thoughts have been on that? I don't know, that would have come off a little bit... Um, that still would have probably come off a little too fanservice-y. Like, a, just a little bit too much for me. I mean, that's it's an interesting idea, I'll give it that. But I don't know that I would have wanted, uh, wanted to see that specifically. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it sounded like kind of a cool thing. And then I saw the one where, you know, Stan Lee was the watcher. I thought that was kind of interesting because it wasn't a Tiki Watiti that did that. Taika Watiti? Yeah, Taika Watiti. Sorry, I butchered your name. 
sir. <laughs> don't kill me. Um, he's definitely going to listen. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely going to listen to this. All five of my viewers. Um, when it comes to the best movie besides Endgame, because I know Endgame, Endgame was just epically amazing, what what movie did you like that was one of the standalone films? So by standalone, does that include like movies with sequels and stuff, or yeah, sequels, any, anything but like any solo character movies? So yeah, like any solo of the Iron car- Man, any of yeah. that. I mean, I still have a soft spot for the original Iron Man, for sure. The I mean, thing that started it all. Yeah, it started it all. And honestly, just from a movie-making perspective, that was a really good movie. It was. Like, I'd put it up against just about any other movie and say it'd probably come out favorably. It, it really showed his progression. I did, I did thoroughly enjoy that. Um, that that's kind of why I like some of three, because it, he continued to progress. And I mean, yeah. uh, you know, going back to the cave moments and really thinking about all that fun stuff. Yeah. It, had, I, I, it had some good moments, for sure, but... I, yeah, I still, the the twist and the way it ended just fell so flat for me. Like, it it felt, I mean, the villains were just so painfully boring. Like, they're literally just like, like, I, I would argue that that's, outside of maybe Incredible Hulk, that Iron Man 3 has the worst CG of any of the Marvel movies. I, I, going back to it, I, I know we kind of glossed over it for just a second there, but I did not like how... Uh, Pepper Potts got it. Like, she... she Yeah. That, like... Because they were talking about how you gotta be, like, these super soldiers and these prior dudes who I have built up, and then she's just the, the skinny little, you know, girlfriend of of Tony Stark, and then all of a sudden, somehow, she can perfectly handle it or something like that. Like, don't you think he would have given the perfected, uh, you know, the perfected um, dosage, I guess you would, to maybe, oh, I don't know, some of your super soldiers so they could really kick ass and do some things and not just this gal or whatever. Random person. Yeah, yeah. random person that's going to be able to control it a little bit. I, that was kind of stupid. Yeah, it, that, I don't know, for me, a lot of it just kind of didn't really work. I mean, I know you can pick holes in anything if you really want to, but mm-hmm. for some reason for me, that, that one just didn't quite work. Um, but besides, as far as, like, ones I liked, probably... Yeah, Iron Man. I like Spider-Man Homecoming a lot. Spider-Man Homecoming was fantastic. I, I'm in love with Tom Holland. He has another man crush that I have. He is excellent. Yeah, he's just... I mean, the, the movie without him is pretty good, but the movie with him is just amazing. He brings what? so much life to that character. I, I, I like it because he's, he's still... He, I mean, yeah, he's like, what, 23, 24? He's something? in his early 20s right now, yeah, I think. he's in his early 20s. And the mov- when uh, he shoots, shot the movie, I think he was in his late teens somewhere. Late teens. I mean, he really, he really fleshes it out. And you can, you can actually see him progress... Because, I mean, he's progressing not only as a character, but as an actor as well, too. So you like see him get better, which really helps him build the character, which I think is fantastic. And that really... I know some, a lot of people who have any issues with it don't like the fact that he's just kind of a mini Tony Stark. Or like, but I feel like that really... The Stark-Spider-Man uh, relationship really mirrors Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Holland's relationship, too, a lot, which... I think you can really see in the movie, and I think really works. Yeah. The, uh, oh, what was it? Um, uh, what were the glasses that he got? Not, uh, not, um... Edith. Edith, Edith. Edith and Dead, I am, I am the, the hero. The hero, yep. Yeah, kind of a little play on him. I, I did like the Spidey suit. Uh, I did, I did like all the new Spidey suits that he had in the movie. Um, and, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not a real big guy on the romance sequences and stuff like that in movies, and I'm not the biggest fan of... 
having the the in like I'm not Game of Thrones the you know graphic nature I'm I'm very much what they did in Spider Man Homecoming it was very very subtle nod to the romance of him and Mary Jane which I thought was pretty awesome yeah I thought Zendaya was really good in that yeah she she did an excellent character I did like the uh, the back and forth between her and Ned that was kind of cool yeah for sure I knew I knew like a year ago or something like that where they're <laughs> comparing it at the end yeah. Oh, and uh, that's from uh, Far From Home. Yeah, oh yeah, Far From Home. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, one, one of the things that um, that I do enjoy about Marvel is is they had a very nice build-up to Endgame. Was was there any thought on the progressions of finally, uh, slowly building to the Endgame and Infinity War? I mean, they when they first started, they had no idea. That just sort of was... Like, even for Avengers, uh, the Thanos scene at the end was just sort of a throwaway that uh, Joss Whedon did that they had no specific intent of ever fulfilling just because they didn't think they were going to be able to when they did it. They, like, Iron Man was fairly successful. Hulk really wasn't that successful. Iron Man 2 did okay. Captain Thor did okay. But it wasn't until the first Avengers that they really hit it big. Yeah. So, I mean, they they had no idea that they were going to be able to even keep making movies after that, for the most part. So, I mean, I, they they definitely were building to it, but I don't think they really... Really had, knew what they had? Yeah, they really knew what they were had, what were, they were doing necessarily early on. And, I mean, in Endgame, they go back to a lot of their uh, previous movies, like Thor 2 gets revisited, that kind of thing. I'm sure they had no idea when they were writing all that stuff, though, or making all those movies originally, that they were going to be able to revisit it or tie them into some big thing like, like Endgame. Like they were, they were definitely working on Thor two, probably or at least like writing it before Avengers even came out. I would assume. When um, did they actually write like everything all the way up and through, or did they kind of piecemeal it by? Because I I don't read that much into movies. I think it ruins it for me. I think it was mostly piecemeal. Okay. Um, up until a point, like probably. Age of Ultron is probably the point where they really started sticking to a script or a, like a little bit more of a script. I know they had a bit of a layout before that, but it wasn't anything like what what they have now. What what they have now is much more like there there's still some room for directors to uh to do, do their own thing. Yeah. Like Taika Waititi for sure brought his own feel to it. Uh Ryan Coogler did. That kind of thing. The Russo brothers definitely have a a pretty free hand. I think had a pretty free hand. I think with uh, Endgame and Infinity War and the Captain America movies, but they they definitely have some things that they want to see happen. Could you imagine though if they had fleshed out the storyline from um, from Hulk all the way through till Endgame? And then they made, like, Hulk and Iron Man, and just, it flopped. And then they had this entire massive story. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I think about that at, at this moment in time, like... Because I, I know that now they're like, hey, look, here's till our 2027, you know, projections for all this nonsense. And you're just like, oh, man, could you just imagine if this all tanked? Like, the, the guys that wrote these stories that'll never be told and stuff like that. I, I, I can always... I'm always interested in, in you know... What, like, how do you feel when, you know, you write this epic saga and nobody cares for it anymore? I mean, I bet it's happened to, in history. We just don't know about it because they haven't been successful. <laughs> yeah. just didn't happen with this one. One of the other TV shows that you and I have actually bonded over as friends is Rick and Morty. Um, he's he's uh, 
he's putting his hand in his palms there for people who are not here in the room. Um, what actually, how did you get into Rick and Morty? Uh, Dan Harmon, the, the, the guy who created it or one of the co-creators, I should say, uh, I've kind of been a fan of for a while. I've listened to all of his podcasts, which is now over. So all of it. Um, and I liked community back in the day when that was on. Uh, so Rick and Morty was kind of on my radar from the beginning. I never really managed to get into it really early. Like I, I watched the first episode and just, it didn't really click with me. So I kind of stopped. And then I think in season, when season two came out or a little bit after I tried rewatching it again, watched a couple episodes and like made it through the first one, which really isn't all that great. No, uh, it's fine. But it, it, after the first episode is when it really starts getting good. It's it's a lot like Parks and Rec. Um, you know, Parks and Rec Reacres, I absolutely love that show. But season one is so just... I, it's unwatchable. I, I tried to watch it, and they're like, hey, I started season two, and I started at season two. And then I remember, I think it was actually you who mentioned to me to watch Rick and Morty. And that's exactly what I thought about episode one. I was like, well, you know, he's he's promoting it to me. I should definitely try to watch it. And then episode two just took off and it, it's amazing and especially yeah when like the back half of the first season is when it starts getting really good and then season two just builds on that season two is awesome um with the newest uh it's season four right yeah we're on uh they've done the first half of season four now first half of season four the the shows for me were either hit or miss i i think i had about two two of the two of the four or five that i really really enjoyed the uh the dnds-esque one I know that we've talked about that a little bit. Um, I didn't really like that one. Yeah, I, that that was probably the most miss for me out of all of them. It was fine. There were funny moments. It wasn't... I mean, I would still say, as far as, like, overall quality, it's, like, a decent episode of... T- maybe even good episode of TV. Mm-hmm. But as far as, like, the bar for Rick and Morty episodes, kind of middling. I mean, it it started off with a lot of promise, and then they jumped onto the bandwagon of the, uh, of for the PC friendly version of it here, a uh, a mass a person who fornicates quite often, uh, with no regard for anything, and it was just a continuously running joke that I was not thoroughly impressed by, and uh, the 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 heist episode too, they harped on it way too much for the heist thing. I know I know you liked it because you you thought it was you know a perfect Rick and Morty, but. It, those were the two episodes that were really missed for me. I don't think it was perfect. I just thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I, I did like how they stuck very true to the source material with, uh, you know, how they typically do things. So it, it did make it a, a fairly good episode. Was there any any other TV shows that you would recommend to anybody else listening besides Rick and Morty? That I mean, would... there's a lot of TV shows I would recommend. Depends on what they're interested in, though. I mean... As far as other stuff I'm watching now, um, I really like Silicon Valley on HBO. That just wrapped up, so I, I'm not actively watching it anymore, but just finished their final season, and that's a really solid show. Um, we just finished The Mandalorian. That was yeah, pretty awesome. Just finished watching The Mandalorian. I enjoyed that. Um, a lot of stuff on HBO, actually, oh. I've enjoyed. They do put out good. Uh, they're they're aren't they like number one in or weren't they number one in that until next Netflix and Hulu kind of came around and, and took over. Yeah, they're they're. I mean, they're still pretty pretty good. I mean, they still have a lot of a lot of good content. Um, 
Chernobyl was just this past year, the miniseries there. Is it a, is it a mini docu series or is it kind of a It's not docu. I mean it's actors and stuff recreating things. So okay. it's not 100% like it's not I don't know if it's a docu series. It's um but it yeah, it's it's like six episodes I think and they recreate the events pretty much and that was really good. Um they just finished up uh the Watchmen show they were doing which I enjoyed. Uh, what w- um I-, I know that Netflix put out something as well too. Um I I I think it was Watchmen or was it Watchmen that they were actually talking about where it didn't get renewed for season 2 because not enough people enjoyed it. Uh the Watchmen wasn't on Netflix that was on HBO. HBO, okay. I don't know if there there's some really good uh I oh whatever talking about Watchmen was on HBO and isn't renewed for season 2 but that's cuz the showrunner doesn't want to do a season 2 cuz it was a uh, self-contained Oh, that's right. Season. Yeah. Like, that, okay, he yeah. He had a, a place he wanted to start at, a place he wanted to finish at, and a solid idea, and he didn't have a plan for a second season, so he didn't want to force it to make a shitty second season. Yeah. Have you... Um, I, I know you have Hulu, too, right? I do not. Oh, not anymore. Okay. Because no. um, there, there was a show on Hulu. Uh, it was called Last Man on Earth. Mm. Uh, that, that was on TV also. Oh, yeah, on TV. I watched through three seasons or so of it. I kind of... Mm-hmm fell off after that it it got it got a little weird it got a little weird not gonna lie but there's a, a big twist at the very at the very very end that i was able to watch where um you know I'd, spoiler alert uh a bunch of people come out of a cave here and all of a sudden um you know there's a lot more survivors than what they thought were just the five or six people that they had and then it cuts away end of season five i think it is or end of season six and then he didn't get renewed for season seven. Oh. So he had this awesome storyline that was coming to a head, and now you have no idea what it, what's going on. I, I firmly believe that if something like that happens, sometimes actors maybe put up a little of their own cash or maybe you know go for super cheap and, and, and finish up a season to kind of give it some closures. I, I hate where they just, you have a decent storyline, then the corporate is just like, yeah, no, and then they pull it. I mean, there are a lot of examples of things like that actually happening where it does get some closure, too. Like, uh, I don't know if you ever watched Firefly. I was about to mention Firefly. And uh, they have they got cut short after, like, half a season, and then they managed to make a movie to wrap at least the main plot line that they had going up in the movie. I, And then it, it, it always kind of baffles my mind because, like, uh, Firefly was such a massive hit, and then you have... Uh, like uh, Stargate, where they go on for like fifteen, twenty seasons, and you're like, well, how does how does you know that with the the most generic kind of you know basic? I mean, it, it was good. Stargate was good. Never watched it. But um, how do these generic kind of things go for like fifteen, twenty seasons? You know, that are mostly on sci-fi. To be honest, is I think part of it. Like they don't need the viewers to. They don't. They don't need thirty million people to watch it for it to be successful. Yeah, I think it's a big part of it. Like. Stargate, Farscape, which I know a lot of people like, but I never really got into. A lot of other, like, TV shows that are kind of sci-fi that don't really stand out a lot to me get picked up by the sci-fi network and just kind of go on there. And And then they cruise. Yeah. Well, this has been eye-opening. We're (laughs) going to cut it short here, uh, simply because I have to actually work um, and do a job on the weekends because I work, uh, if you would call it retail, I guess. Um, but it's been awesome having you on, bud. It was good to watch the Mando with you today. And, uh, to everyone listening, 
this is just part one of hopefully many more parts to come where I can, uh, you know, keep doing this with some of my friends and maybe interviewing a, a couple more people that I am more acquaintance with to, to get them know, uh, to get to know them a little bit better. I hope you all enjoyed it. Bye, everybody.